Welcome back to another episode of Footy and Coffee Conversations. Hope you enjoy our guest today. What's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Good, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good. Before before we get going, I gotta... Yeah, yeah, you gotta tuck in. I will too. Not that I'm trying to get cross shots in our... Uh... Yeah, that's the content we need. Yeah, right, right. there. Good. Yeah, we're tucked in. We're good. All right, so uh, just start... Give us your name, where you play right now, what position? Uh, my name's Sean Tosh. Uh, play center back, and I play at Louisville City FC in the USL. All right, so before we get into kind of your career, uh, just so the people weren't confused why we both stood up and put our shirts tucked in, if you want to <laughs> give us a little background on that whole story. Uh, so it really started last season. Um, but it really became kind of a uh, uh, my almost like my calling card, I would say, where uh, you know we all know that you know traditionally we all grew up playing where the refs made you tuck your shirt in. You know, if your shirt came untucked, the ref would run over to you and be like, "Hey, man, you got to tuck your shirt in, or else you can't play." And we're like, it always seemed like the dumbest rule. Makes no sense. And then at some point which it was never really established. I don't remember like a, like a specific year. Everyone just started like not wearing their shirt tucked in anymore. And yeah. it was just like, well, why, what happened? Like, it's not like everyone decided like, hey, all right, now we play with our shirts untucked. Because whether your shirts, they always said that's like, you know, so you can see if your shirt's pulled. Well, you, if his hand's on my shirt and it's not on my body, it's being pulled. Yeah. My, my theory with part of it is that uh, when the jerseys got tighter. Yeah, that's true. Billowing. I don't know if that's part of it or not, but. That, that's true. Well, like, so I started wearing my shirt tucked in in preseason. And, uh, we, I mean, we started the season well. And people were like, like, yo, why are you, why are you wearing your shirt tucked in? And I was like, you know, I, I, I kind of like it. And we, like, I played well in the game. I had it tucked in. And, uh, well, it, I mean, the reason I played with it tucked in, cause there was a, a picture of me like way back where one game I had my shirt tucked in and I was like, wow, I, I like that look. Like it looks, it looks good. And I'm like, right, I'll bring it back. And they, and some fans started messaging me and said they liked it. And I played well and the team was doing well. So I was like, you know, whatever, I'm going to, I'm just going to keep it up. And, uh, you know, and then I, I said something about being tucked in and then I had a, a friend who was like, yeah, tucked in, locked in. I was like, love that. There so is. I actually have it. Uh, I have it uh, trademarked in uh, the United States. So if you're trying to create a T-shirt with tucked in, locked in, you got to come see me. <laughs> yeah, you you have T-shirts that you sell now. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I did like some limited limited supply, limited you know. Uh, but it was it, it was just. I mean, well, it started because my girlfriend made me a shirt for my birthday. And then I was like, you know, I shouldn't just make some for the fans because, you know, we have, we've all had, you know, everyone has enough of their own team gear, you know? So I was like, you know, why not try to reach out to the fans and connect with them in a different way as opposed to like, uh, you know, just on the field, you know? And that's, that's something I enjoy, you know, reaching out and connecting with fans in like unique and different ways. Yeah. No, I I like it, and you even got some players. Uh, I remember in preseason this year, Drew Connor was 
was posted yeah. and he was tucked in, locked in. And oh, yeah. I mean, uh, it's uh, in the works here, potentially in the future to maybe have a, uh, you know, a uh, maybe a podcast or something, or maybe just like a like coalition of players, a union of being locked in. Um, I, a question that we got regarding the tucked in, locked in was have how many times have you told someone to unlock it you know they're not worthy of the tuck you know i i welcome anyone to it you know that the thing is is you know i'm not gonna go and tell someone that they don't deserve it because you know it's more of a you know what they what they're trying to be so you know even if uh yo what's up plums uh they uh even if they're not you know no one's not worthy of tucking their okay. shirt in, you know? Okay. It's just more so, of like, you know, a statement. Yeah, equal, equal opportunity. It's more of what you stand for, you know? Now, do you ever tuck it outside of the field? Just normal day life? Uh, it's funny because, like, there's times I'll run into, like, a fan or something like that or someone outside, and they will be like, hey, uh, yo, your shirt's not tucked in. Like, what's going on? Uh, so, I mean – I, I'm an avid golfer, so I actually go out when I'm on the course. I try to I try to get locked in as well. Okay, okay, I like it. I like it. All right, so uh, we're gonna come back to questions in a little bit, but first I want okay. you to kind of tell your story um, of your career, starting with kind of youth, uh, how you decided where to go to school, that process, and then uh, what eventually led you to believing that you were good enough for professional, and then how you got your first chance. Okay. Well, like I, I uh, grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. I mean, I, I, I kind of have a little bit of a similar story to, to, to Abador. Um, I mean, I, we both grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. Um, and I grew up playing for Naperville Lightning. And I kind of bounced around to a couple different teams and then ended up joining the fire. And then that, uh, um, uh, right my freshman year of high school, I had an opportunity and I actually went to the same high school as David. Uh, and I went my freshman and sophomore year and we're the same, we're the same year. So we actually never went there at the same time, but I ended up going to Shattuck for my freshman and sophomore <laughs> year, came back. I ended up, uh, my, my scholarship wasn't going to be enough for there. Um, so I ended up coming back to just go to public school and, uh, had, had some fun because I came back and played high school soccer and I played on the same team as my brothers, um, which you, who, you know, um, I, uh, I ended up my senior year of high school and like, I, I just played striker, you know, I was like, at that point I like, I had a huge growth spurt and, and I was pretty, pretty big. I think my, like my senior year of high school, I was like six foot 180. Like I was huge. That's big in high school. Bro. Yeah. So I was just like, Play the ball over the top. I'm going to run it down, kick it as hard as I can at the goal. And I end up getting, like, in my two seasons, like, 50 goals and, like, 30 assists. So it was just fun. Um, and then I ended up going to – I, like, went to some different camps and stuff like that. I am going to Northern Illinois, which is uh, – was only, like, 30, 45 minutes away from home. Um, and I don't know if at that point I really thought of, like, I was like, you know, I'd, I'd love to play professional soccer, but I don't know if, like, you know, if it's possible. Because at that point, the only thing I really knew of was the MLS or, you know, some foreign leagues that I had no knowledge of how I would ever play there. Um, so I played my time at NIU. I did some – I played with the Fire PDL. Um, 
And like one towards the end, I realized that, uh, you know, I was capable of being picked up homegrown, but they, they weren't going to take me. Um, so then I just, uh, I, I got a hold of, uh, bridges, um, bridges of the pros, um, and, uh, through a teammate of mine at NIU and I started training with them and, you know, their whole thing was that, you know, we're going to get a group of guys together who don't really have, um, the opportunities and, you know, go overseas and, you know, see what they can do. So we went through Sweden, Finland, and Denmark. I ended up trialing in Finland and, uh, it, I mean, it was crazy. Cause like, you know, you go and I trialed with the team and Woj was there, uh, he was he was playing for the team at the time. What team and, was it? Uh, it was in the Vasa. I don't, I don't know. It was in in Tampere. Tampere. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah. was the city. I'm not sure the name of the actual club, but okay. so I, I, I trialed there when he was there, and I remember just looking across him at him in the locker room during like one of the pre practice talks. It went on for like 40 minutes, entirely in Finnish. And like every once in a while they looked over and he said like Sean and then said a couple words in like broken English. And I was just like, look, okay. All right, let's do it. <laughs> and then he just went on for another 10 minutes and finished. And I'm like, yo, I can't I don't understand this. And then I go on trial, I go out and we train. And like, obviously I'm not doing anything. Uh, um, what, uh, you know, they wanted because I didn't understand it. <laughs> Uh, what division in Tampa? I think it was the second division in Finland, the team was. Um, so I got to look up the actual team name he played for. I'm sure if we pulled up Woj's page, it would say Woj. All right, here it is. Let's see. While you're looking it up, though, I'll say that was my experience uh, when I was in Sweden. And All right, we F we FC Ilves. Ilves? Okay, yeah. I-L-V-E-S. Go ahead, sorry. So I was in Sweden, we had that with like a halftime. We were losing. Coach was just went off in Swedish. And then like at the end of it, he's like, you got this, Matt? And I was like, I'm going to keep doing what I was doing. I just figure that's all right. Okay. So I guess they are first division. Maybe uh, they might have been first division at the time, but I'm not sure. But okay. yeah, like when you're, when you're trying to um, – when you're trying to like communicate across this language, at least like the nice thing about the Scandinavian countries is that they uh, have a, a pretty good proficiency with English where um, uh, some other teams and like, so I actually, it didn't work out. I left and I was like a little bummed, but at the same time I was like, all right, this is a really cool experience because anyone knows who like trialing is such a hard experience, especially in a country where you don't speak the language. Like you yeah. have to go in there and you can't just be like a decent player. You have to be, especially if you don't speak the language, you have to be like one of the top two or three players. Otherwise the coach every is game, like, every game. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deal with this. Like why would they deal with an average player in the team like who they could find a local player, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So then I, I came home and I ended up playing in, in like men's leagues in Chicago, wall train and bridges. I was playing like Schwabin and uh, I played with, uh, that's when we we started training together a lot too. Yeah, that around that time. We went, uh, we went to Canada with uh, what was that? Zarinski. Yeah, Zarinski. That was the team, the Croatian team. And yeah. so I was playing with I was playing with we were playing with Zarinski, and uh, and then uh, through Zarinski, I ended up uh, getting a contact who was a former Croatian national team player who 
was uh, the scouting, the head scout at a team in Slovakia. So I was like, <laughs> Slovakia, all right, like, let's see what happens. You know, I already experienced once what it was like in a foreign country where I didn't speak the language. You know, screw it, I'll, I'll go again. Um, so I went and trialed there for a week. And I remember like one moment in particular, like things were going all right. Like I was like moving the ball around. I was playing holding mid. And I was like, you know, I'm in this form. It's like, I mean, it's a pretty rough country. Yeah. And like, I mean, we're in this like barren stadium playing some like fourth division team as a friendly. It was a top. English was not good. Yeah, English. I mean, the only thing was like, all I could speak was chow, chow. Everything was just chow, like, hello, goodbye, you know, or pointing. And I was, I was like in the game, I was doing all right. And I was like, you know, they don't know I'm tough, you know, like I got to prove like in my, in my head, I'm like, I have to prove to a coach that I'm tough, you know, like that's a normal, like, especially right. as like, you're trying to be a uh, defensive midfielder, you have to show you can make tackles. So like right in front of our bench, this guy in the team was dribbling and I like lunging two foot tackle into this guy. And I, it was like, it was not a red card, but it was definitely a yellow. And it was a I was little like, reckless. Yeah, it was like flying, studs up, cleaned them out. It was kind of late. And I was like, yeah, I got him. <laughs> and then I get pulled at halftime, and the coach is like, like, what, like, in his broken English, he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I thought I was proving I was tough, you know? <laughs> so, like, a couple of, like, in the next, like, next couple of days, I trained. I thought I did all right, but it ended up, you know, it's one of those things you have to be one of the best players in the team in a foreign country. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, at that time, I, I just wasn't. And uh, so I, I went home. I kept training. I mean, we kept training together. We kept doing stuff with Zerinsky and men's leagues and was playing indoor stuff. And uh, and then I ended up, uh, you know, we're playing, we're playing indoor, getting ready for tryouts and stuff like that for the next upcoming year. And I remember, like, at one point, Brett Hall was like, all right, you know, Indy, Indy 11's coming to, to watch us play, uh, you know, in a scrimmage today, you know, like, I, like I, I, you can play there. He told you, this was our, me and his conversation. He's like, you can play there, you know, and I told him about you, so be ready. And I was like, all right. And we, after training, and I thought I, I did pretty solid. Um, the coach at the time was like, you know, uh yeah sean he's just uh this was him talking to brett he was like sean he's just not uh he's not uh big enough or strong enough to play in the back for us and he's not technical enough to play in the midfield and i'm like you know that's like a yeah. blow that's a blow to you as a player and i'm like well <laughs> shit like is this for me yeah but i really i mean i just kept playing and like i think it was like two weeks later they are like all right there's a tryout at the rochester rhinos where, where Pat McMahon was playing at the time. And I, he's like, you sh like, you know, you should go try out there. And I went to the tryout. Open trial or? Yeah, it was open. Like, I mean, it was like four teams of like 14 or 15 players, you know? And uh, I played center back the, the first game and I like, I balled out that weekend. Like it was like, it was an unbelievable, like, you know, moment where I was like just playing, like everything was just going well for the whole like two days. And then I ended up signing the next day after the tryout with Rochester. So that was like kind of the arc there of, you know, from college yeah. to, I mean, it was like a, about a year I waited before I, 
but by the time graduating and then signing, maybe maybe a little less. Um, and lot, I know some a players. A lot of days are grinding with no guarantee. Yeah, a lot of days grinding. A lot, and I'm just you know thankful that I had my parents there to help me support because I know it's like you're not making any money during these things, and you know they would give me some cash in those ends of games to you know try to offset some of my costs. But you know it's not like I was making money there. Right. Yes, and then then you sign in Rochester. You go there. Were you? Uh, were you kind of at that point when you went into preseason? Were you thinking you'd be a starter? Or what? What were you? Uh, I I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I uh, luckily I was one of the guys who assigned because they were, they brought in a lot of guys who uh, um who weren't, and it was trialing like trialing. Wasn't like, that like, that preseason? Do I remember correctly? Where it was like you guys went into preseason with like nine guys actually signed. Yeah, so we we went in with like very like not many guys signed. And, uh, you know, I was one of the guys luckily to be signed. And then we ended up, uh, you know, going through the season. I started the first game, but I was kind of like, uh, you know, I played, I played a bunch of different positions for that team. I played a bunch of games at left back, right back, some center back, some center mid. And we ended up, you know, like, I mean, it was crazy. Like the first game of the season, I started left back, you know, and then we ended up going all the way to the championship game where I started at center mid. So like, I mean, it's I, I played a whole bunch of different positions for that team, and we ended up winning. It was an amazing group of guys. Um, and then, uh, you know, I ended up after after playing a season there, and it was like not great money. You know, like first, yeah, everyone knows, like you know, your first contract at a lot of teams that aren't, you know, if you're not MLS or like a first yeah, division yeah. team, you know, in a country, you know, you're you, a lot of times you're struggling on those first contracts. So I ended up. Um, through a teammate, uh, Tony Walls, uh, go and reach out to Milwaukee, Milwaukee Wave, um, and I played indoor soccer during the off season. So I went from like the season was done in Rochester to a week later I was reporting in Milwaukee to start the indoor season. Um, so like we did that, and then I like after a week was done after that season, which was an unbelievable experience. Like you know anyone who is, uh, you know, experienced what it's like to play professional indoor soccer. I mean, it's, it's something so unique compared to the, the outdoor game, you know, like you're, you're playing, you're playing in shifts and then there's music blasting the whole time. And there's tons of goals. Like, I mean, it's such a cool experience too, because everyone knows you're like, you know, as a defender, you know, you might get a couple, like, a good defender gets like four or five goals a season. Like that's a lot of goals for a uh, defender. Yeah. But an indoor, like, you know, I could score a goal a game and that wasn't crazy, you know? Yeah. So like that was something really cool. And then we had some games where we had like, you know, seven, 8,000 fans. And then like my final indoor game I played, we had over 10,000 people in a stadium, like, you know, unbelievable. Yeah. Like in a, in a basketball arena, you know, like the sound, like the, like the environment is crazy. Yeah, a lot um, different than outdoor. Yeah, so I ended up after my after the first season with the Wave, I went back to Rochester, and uh, I dealt with some injuries. Um, in my second season, I tore my meniscus. Um, towards the end of the season, played a whole bunch of different positions. I played attacking mid, right back, left back, right mid, center mid, left like literally everything except goalie and striker. I think I played in the season. Um, so, I mean, I know a lot of players can relate to that, that are just like, you know, kind of tossed around the fields 
And it's like, you know, it's hard to find yourself as a player when, you know, your coach moves you around a lot, but at the same time, you just want to play. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's good you're getting the opportunity to play, but it's hard to, like, get into a rhythm when every game you're playing. Yeah, you're like, all right, well, you know, what do I want to work on this week? Well, you know, this week I might be, I might be, you know, getting in the box and have to work on, like, half turn and playing slipping passes, where the next week maybe I'm having to work on defensive headers. And it's like, it's so hard to, like, build a routine and build your skill set when you're like moving all, all around the place um but it was just like you know it's a, it's like a lot of people said you know it's it's the grind you know you just you grind it out and you put in the work and uh you know the rest takes care of itself shout out kyle what up kyle and he was one of our teammates to uh go on that trip to sweden that we, where we went on yeah so then um how how did you train uh individually like outside the team trainings during that time where you were switching positions so much how did you decide what to focus on kind of and and what to do i mean the thing is just like it you can't really go wrong you know it's as long as you're putting in the work you know it's like all right you're either in a lot of ways i see it's like you're either putting in the work or you're not you know and it's like well obviously you know we all want to like take free kicks you know, and it's fun to work on free kicks, but, you know, realistically, there's only going to be one guy, maybe two on the team taking free kicks. So maybe, you know, it's it's fun to shoot around after practice doing that. But, you know, maybe I'm working on some longer switch balls. or Maybe I'm, you know, just working on just like ball control, just dribbling around some cones. Um, or, you know, it's like cause everyone wants to be the that, that star who's hitting, hitting that banger free kick, but it's like, all right, well, it's, you know, you if you sit around after training and that's all you're working on, it's, you know. Well, and the, the thing I, I try to tell players with that, too, is if you're, if you're fighting to get minutes in a game and you come in for the last 20 minutes of a game, chances are you're not the player they're ever going to let take that free kick, even if yeah. you work amazing. Like, you just yeah, got to yeah. work fundamentals, fundamentals, fundamentals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, it's like, you know, it's that little, it's those little things. And even just, working on some fitness because it's like if you're if you're trying to make the difference between you and someone else it's like well at at the bare minimum you have to be fit as fit or fitter than them yeah which is especially when you're coming in as a sub like having fitness over the guy next to you often is like a big motivation for a coach yeah. to put you in. It's like 10 minutes left in a game i need to know he can track back every time yeah he's gonna and it, it can be it's tough too like when you come in as a sub it's not like you know, you're like, oh, you haven't played. You should be fresh. But at the same time, everyone knows, like, it's kind of that when you're adjusting to the pace of the game when you first come in, like, it kind of takes your breath away. Like, you can, uh, like, if you're not fully prepared for that, those moments when you first go in, like, if you can really get tired super quick, even as a sub. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you look at normal start of the game, first 10 minutes, a player can basically make any mistake and a coach is like, oh, you just get into a rhythm. You make yeah. that same mistake as a sub. When you come in, they're like, oh, he's not getting a chance again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So then uh, talk about end of Rochester um, and then kind of moving on to where you're now at. Um, so after my second season of Rochester, I ended up uh, not resigning. The coach told me, he was like, um, you know, I don't, I don't think we've gotten the best out of each other. And, that's, and I kind of felt the same. I didn't want to play for him. And a lot of guys have played for Bob Lilly, and he's just a really – I mean, he's a tough coach to play for. And, I, I mean, he drained – like, I, I couldn't play anymore for him. 
you know, he's really good, really good coach, but it was like, I was done with him. So, um, at that point I, I, I was like, all right, I'm not, I'm not going to play here anymore. I'm not really sure where I'm going to play. I mean, I, I won a championship. I played two good seasons. I played a lot, you know, hopefully, you know, this will lead to something, but I'm not, I wasn't hundred percent sure. So I was just kind of sitting and waiting. Um, and in the meantime, I was playing indoor soccer again. Um, and then eventually I, uh, Louisville city reached out and they, they, they really liked me from one of the games that we played against them in Rochester, where I just had a standout performance at center back. Um, and you know, they wanted to bring in someone with like championship experience because, you know, at that point they had made it to the Eastern conference final and lost two years in a row and wanted to make that jump into winning. Yeah. So I, yeah, they, and they wanted some, you know, some players who had winning experience. So uh, they, you know, they, they brought me in and, uh, you know, I played, I played center back there um, that first year and it was just, uh, you know, it was, you know, amazing group from the very start there, you know, and it was all about the work you put in every single day, not about if I won a championship in the past or where guys, if guys played in MLS or whether, you know, whether they played in a different country, it was literally just, all right, what do you, what work are you putting in today? And, you know, cause that's how you prove that you're ready for the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And you were, you were kind of moved around a little bit positional wise, right? Cause you guys were playing a three back. Yeah. So we we're playing a three back and it was pretty, it was pretty expansive three back. Um, so I, I kind of started at like an outside right center back and then moved to like the central center back at the end. Um, but it was like when I played, when you play those outside center back rules, like we were a high pressing team. And then even so like, you know, you got up, you have to get all the way to the sideline and get up and help those wing backs. But then at the same time, when you have the ball, it's like, you're almost, you're pretty close to an outside back. You know, I wasn't getting around the corner to, to cross or like getting in the box. But there was, there's times I'm like, you know, taking my space. I'm all the way on the sideline. Um, that really helped us because, you know, which, teams couldn't really deal with it. Your, your game and your skills set as well. Yeah. Yeah. It, it helped me because like, you know, I'm, I'm not necessarily like a traditional center back, like big or taller. You know, I've, I've, I've got decent height and, and decent size, but, you know, it's not necessarily. And nor am I a, you know, traditional outside back either. So right you're kind of a hybrid yeah so like, it, it suited me yeah and then uh you guys had some more success there yeah so we uh first year we uh we won the eastern conference in the regular season and, and hosted the usl championship and won um you know at that point too like i had an opportunity to go back and play indoor uh, but it was just, you know, time for me to rest. And, you know, I went back to Chicago and, you know, trained and played some indoor soccer for the fun of it. Um, and then went back to Louisville city and we, we did it again. Um, and that was a crazy season because a third of the way through the season, we were, we were, uh, I mean, we were on a hot streak and it was a 2000, 2018. And uh, when we started the game, six wins in a row and then our coach left. You know, oh, that's and, right. Yeah. And like, what kind of like that doesn't happen where your coach leaves because your team's doing well, you know, like that, like, you know, you don't really hear of that. No. So, he, yeah, he ended up he ended up taking the job somewhere else, which was great for him. You know, we wanted him to move on to the, to the MLS. Um, so then, you know, we show up to training on Friday and 
I remember this where it was like, we went from 30 in like the span of 30 minutes. It was, Hey, uh, coach is talking. I'm leaving, you know, I'm taking an opportunity. We all wish him the best. And he took the whole staff. Like he took the goalkeeper coach and the assistant coach with him. Wow. And they left the room. Our owners came in and then they like left, came back and they announced that we were going to have player managers. So we had three players who managed the team for six weeks. Oh, wow. How was that? I mean, it was crazy because, like, people – I mean, they, they put in a ton of work. Like, those guys, unbelievable work that they put in. They were scouting. Like, we would go to play a team, and they would watch collectively, like, six games of that the team we were playing. And it's like – and they were, they were doing practices. Like, they were scheduling practices and putting training plans together. And we kind of kept the same routine that we established before that. And uh, you know, we had, we went on to I think we were four one and one in six games. Oh, wow! As as with player coaches, I mean, like unbelievable. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Uh, and then, uh, and then uh, John Hackworth came in. He, he took over, and he just uh, you know made some tweaks and some like you know put his touch on a team and we went on to, uh, you know, win another USL championship in Louisville. Yeah, no, that was a, that was a wild season, but it came to fruition with the championships. It came yeah. But yeah. I can't weirdest, care. I mean, it, weirdest way to get there. Yeah. I mean, to go through like the two coaching changes and have player coaches and, you know, we finished, I think sec we finished second in Eastern conference and then, you know, won the, won the league. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's crazy, but it's like all credit to the group that we have, you know, the guys are like un unbelievable players, un like, you know, amazing, amazing work, work ethic and culture that they, that they and we have built. Yeah. And la last year, I mean, obviously it maybe didn't end how you wanted exactly, but you guys had a lot of success as well. Continuing. Yeah. I mean, we, we struggled through some stuff because, you know, as, we are we're back-to-back -back champions and you know every team you play is you know is coming for you and like that's you know that's great because it's like we don't sh it's making us better for the entire season mm -hmm. um but it's also it's tough because it in your head a little bit it's like all right well we've won two championships we really haven't had too many players be moved up to the mls like we had a couple but you know you see on other teams where like you know the whole team's going up to the mls or you know more guys than us and it's like well I have some really talented teammates. Why aren't like, and you know, like why, why haven't, you know, they gotten the opportunities. Um, but at the same time, it was just, uh, you know, uh, we, we went through some struggles and we ended up coming through them and we uh, ended up finishing in fourth in the Eastern conference. And, you know, really towards the end of the year became a really solid team. And, uh, made it to the USL championship and had it hosted in Louisville again. And, uh, you know, we actually scored seven minutes into that game. Like we had a, you know, a really great start to that game and then ended up uh, giving away two set piece goals in the, late in the first half. And it really like, you know, kind of, uh, we were just trying to claw back from there against a team that sat back and it was just really difficult. Yeah. yeah but, yeah. you know, we ended, up, we ended up losing, but it was really, I mean, it was a really, I mean, we played solid as a team and, you know, obviously we, you know, a couple changes on some set pieces and, you know, it's a different result there, but.
Yeah. yeah. And and I think too, like because you guys have set your standard as a as a club so high, for a lot of clubs achieving what you did would be an incredible thing. But for you guys it feels probably more deflating in a sense because of how how much uh, of a tradition of success you started to to build there. Yeah, because I mean like once once you start having success, it's like creating that minimum expectation of success. It's like our lowest expectation was to win you know like that's what we expected we expected to be in the championship game we expected to win it like that's that's what we we decided as a team you know and that's what those standards are set every day in training and you know don't even necessarily have to speak about it but it's just it's literally you know we're training to be champions every single day yeah so so talk me through a little bit um of the mental aspect for you personally of um one the I don't know if there's any for you personally of like frustrations or to continue working hard when maybe the the opportunities at like the MLS, you know, having all the success you have and not getting a crack at that. If that, how do you stay motivated for the challenge? And then also um, you know, with just how many games you've played every year and going to the championships all the time, winning some, losing obviously, but how do you stay motivated to continue to grind and work? Uh, I mean, I, I just love the training. Like, I love being out there with my teammates and putting in the work, you know. And I think you really have to establish like what your what like your motivations in training. Like, I'm not, I'm training. I'm trying to push my teammates, but it's not because I I I, I hate the coach for not playing me, or I hate my teammate for playing above me. You know, I like you have to go out there, and it's like, all right. I, I want my I want my player my teammates to be better you know like I have to if I'm if I'm giving them a, a shit pass or stitching them up it's like all right well that's that's not helping either of us you know it might make him look bad or you know but you know that's not that's not helping us and I'm not hoping he gets like roasted in training you know if there's something I see you know I go to my teammate and I'm like hey you know like maybe let's let's try this instead let's let's look look for this all right what do you see here and then if that way if, if because you want it the same way, you know, if, if I'm struggling with something, then your teammate comes to you like, Hey, you know, I see you're struggling with this, you know, like, all right, let's try this instead, you know, like trying to solve problems collectively and for the betterment of the team, as opposed to each of us individually trying to figure things out and then trying to put it all together. It's like, that's, that's not how the team works. You know, you gotta like solve these things collectively and work through them together. And, uh, talk a little bit just about your, experience coming in first year with rochester obviously you're a young rookie um without you know i'm sure kind of keeping quiet maybe at times not trying to you know do anything to cause problems as a rookie but then talking now obviously you know what you're tied for the top for most usl championships now you're you're a seasoned veteran for a lot of years so now the the i'm sure you have a much bigger um input in the locker room and leadership Talk about kind of the growth and how you've matured to get to where you are with that. Uh, I mean, part of it is just like, you know, through the time you feel more and more comfortable, um, you know, reach like speaking out on things and, you know, saying what you see and trying to make, you know, points in the locker room. But I think a big thing there is trying to establish in your, in the locker room that, that all, all viewpoints are valid, you know, like it doesn't matter you know, whether or not you're a 
it's your first day with the team. Obviously, those are it's tough first day of the team. But like, if you're a rookie or if you're the you know team captain, you know it's your people should have an equal voice, you know, to be heard by the group. And I think that's something we try to do. That it's like, all right, if you see someone speak up, you know, and you know whether. You know, it can be tough in some places, you know, like you feel like, oh, I don't, I don't deserve to speak with these guys. But it's like, you know, you see something like, you know, and you feel like it's valid to, to, to say it, like probably other people are thinking the same thing. And yeah. the only way you're going to grow in the confidence is to actually speak on it, you know. It's to like, if you want to have a bigger presence in the locker room, it's not, not going to happen overnight. Like start with smaller points. All right. You know, in a video session, be like, hey, ask, ask some questions, you know feel feel free to ask questions even if it does seem stupid yeah i remember uh my freshman year at university we have our first team meeting and then uh we're going to the locker room to go out for training and the assistant coach says hey freshman like stay stay in for a minute and yeah we sit down and at that point um i was the only freshman that they were looking at for starting and so the, the assistant coach goes hey just so we're clear for everyone uh, we don't want to hear, we don't care what your opinion is in team trainings, video sessions, anything like that. He's like, stay quiet. He's like, Poland, if you're starting, like you can ask questions so you can learn. But he's like, otherwise, like we don't want to hear freshmen talk at all. So you see like sometimes it goes yeah. the other way, which then I think, you know, that I get, is that I get to a sense of like learning before you speak to a point. But then I think it also... Yeah can be uh where you see something that's a problem that maybe someone else doesn't notice and yeah now all of a sudden the problems just continue because you're too scared to say something yeah well i think it's also the point of what you're trying to say so like are you trying to say something to be heard or are you trying to say something because you think it's a valid point and right. i think that's the difference there because like some people try to establish themselves in the team um versus some people that are trying to just uh um, actually make a valid point because there's a big difference. You're like, all right, you know, you're trying to just be heard and be a presence in the locker room. That's way different than actually being like, all right, you know, there, here's something where here's a flaw in our formation or the way we defend or we work together. You know, like there's a, there's a major difference between, you know, just trying to be heard and like trying to make a valid point to your team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. What, what's the motivation behind it? Yeah. Um, what what are your future goals? Um, obviously, I know you would like to keep winning USL championships, but um, what what other goals do you have for yourself? Do you set you know goals that you want to attain, or how how do you go through that process to stay motivated every year? Uh, I mean, typically, like through the year, I have like I'll, I like to write things down in my like a mirror, like so if there's like a bathroom mirror. Um, so like in the past I've written like, you know, in big letters, like it'd be in the upper corner here. I'd be like, all right, you know, win a USL title or, you know, even if it's not necessarily soccer, you know, like have a couple goals, have a successful relationship, you know, reach out to my, reach out to my grand, my grandparents once a week. Like I try to write a couple things that are targets for me for, um, for the year. And then I kind of like, will tweak things um like week to week no okay. cost yeah I, I write stuff on my mirror but that's just to try to cover the mirror from having to look at this to see your face there <laughs> a little a little mustache there so we got we got we got different reasons but the same yeah for writing on the mirror but hey i mean it's a start it's a start but i like it because it's like when you actually like can see it and you don't have to like open something but it's something where you look every day 
Like, I think it's a, it's a good habit to have. Um, mm -hmm. And obviously some people don't have like a big mirror to write on, but even if it's like a post-it note, it's like, all right, here's a little note to myself. You're like, all right, this is what I'm trying to achieve. And just a little, like the little reminders on a daily basis lead to the bigger, the bigger things. And it's like these habits that we set for ourselves is, is who we become and, and how we grow. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you talked a little bit about your indoor um, experience, how and how that was. Um, what for you for your position? Um, what what's the, the biggest difference from outdoor to indoor for how you play your style? Uh, well, I mean, the first I mean, you're always playing with boards, which is, you know, a big change. Uh, but like a big thing is like the habit of like, and uh, like it was initially right, like right when I showed up to my team, they were like, uh, they gave me looks because of this. And it's like the indoor game, you you receive everything, and it, whether it's futsal or indoor, like most things are received at the sole of the foot. And it's like, all right, well, it's a little different from an outdoor game. Like, you know, you're, you're taught like inside the foot, outside the foot, you know, directional touches, you know, move the ball kind of a thing where like indoor, it's like, all right, stop it, let them come to me. And then I move off of that. Um, so, I mean, that was like a, a big, uh, a big change. And, you know, I got some looks from my teammates who are like, yo, stop, stop solo on the ball, man. I'm like, yo, it's working for me. So I'm gonna keep doing it. <laughs> um, going back to your, your championships, you've won three of them now. Uh, what's, what's been the, the difference between say the first and the last one that you've had, uh, was one more rewarding than the other did they all feel the same what what was your kind of emotional reaction to each one uh i mean it, it's kind of uh you know it's not like any of them were surprised you know like we like in the groups that i was with we truly believed that we were champions and that we were cap that we should win so you know it wasn't like any of the games and i think that was the, you know one of the keys to to being a successful teams that we've, we've been is that it's like, all right, you know, we truly believe we're the best team out there and we're going to show you why right now, you know? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's obviously, I played some different roles, you know, like in my first championship, I started at center mid. I didn't have the best game. At, like I didn't have the best game. And I was like distraught because I'm like, yo, we, I, I didn't play that well. I got subbed off like six, they scored in like the 65th minute and I got subbed off right after the goal. Like it was a set piece, but like in general, I wasn't, I didn't feel it myself. I was super nervous. And I remember like, as soon as the championship was done, I was like, I wanted to go train the next day. I was like, yo, I didn't, I didn't play well enough. The season was done, but I'm like, yo, I want to train right now. Like, let's go. Um, to my one in Louisville, my first one in Louisville where, you know, that, I was definitely like, all right, you know, I deserve to be here. Like this is, and I, I started at center back that game, right? Yeah. I started at center back that game and like we played well and it was a late goal. And, you know, that was like one of the greatest feelings where, cause it was just like, you know, I, I definitely felt like more confident in myself after that. And I played a lot. I played really well. Um, and then my third one was, uh, uh, it was different too, because I, I started the season as a starter and then I, I had uh, some other players who started playing really well, you know, and that was one of the things that's, that's hard as a player is like when you're not playing, you know, sometimes it's not because of you, it's because of something your teammates doing, you know, like if the guy who's playing in the same position as me is playing out of his mind, 
you know, that's no reason for me to get down. Like I have, right. like, that's good for him. That's good for the team that he's playing, that he's playing great, mm-hmm. you know? So that was a little, a little bit of a struggle, but I ended up, I was dealing with it really well. And I ended up the last 10 games, like coming in as a sub, like late in games, whether it was center mid or center back to close games out. And then I got subbed on uh, like halfway through or like late in the championship game with like 15 minutes to go after we scored to help lock it down. And we ended up locking it down and winning against Drogba and Drogba's final game as a professional player, which was a really cool experience. I was right next to him and I was just like, oh yeah, sorry, man. (laughs) He has to trade jerseys. Yeah, no, that was like, he, uh, Luke Spencer, he made sure he he talked to him before the game and, you know, established that they were going to trade jerseys before the game. So, but I ended up trading with one of my, my, my buddies from Rochester. And, uh, so yeah. It worked out. Yeah. And um, then like, and then like last year, this last year, we ended up losing. We, but that was the game where I felt I was having one of my stronger performances of the four championships I've been in. And, you know, just like I was playing really well and, you know, made some really good plays and like passing the ball really well. Um, and then it just, you know, we, we had to change some things and I ended up getting subbed out to put on a more attacking player. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, you know, that was a, that was a different one too, you know, like where, and then you're, I'm watching the final parts of the game on the bench. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, all, but all, there was a funny one. So my, the second, the, in 2018, when we won, I was, I had to go to the bathroom. So I ran to the locker room to pee. The crowd starts going nuts. And I'm like sprinting out onto the, like out of the locker room. And they're already walking back from the celebration. So I never even saw the goal that won us the championship game. I was in the bathroom at the time. <laughs> You're like, you, you heard the, the crowd roar. Yeah, I heard, the, I heard the crowd roar. And I'm like running out. Because I knew too, like I was the player that was getting subbed in that game once we scored to help lock things down. So like we scored and I'm like, oh, I gotta get my shin guards on. I gotta get ready. I gotta start doing some sprints. Cause like I'm about to go on the field. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, all right. So then we got just a couple more like fun questions. Uh, okay. I want to know your, your top five aside for soccer city team. Uh, you can put yourself as the, the subs. So you can fill it with five guys and then no, no top level top top level guys because those are well yeah. I, I think i mean i think it would be it has to be guys that i've played with there i can just like yeah it has for me it would have to be guys that i've played with there and i actually did you ask did you ask uh abador this question yeah because yeah. i think it was my question for him yeah well who did who did he say uh so he said jeff gall and goal okay uh, he said reed and yonda as his center backs uh, he said Kaz and Lenny as his midfield duo and then Honest back when he was actually training as a striker. All right. So that was right. time. Uh, so, uh, well, first of all, I mean, we have to, if, uh, you know, if I'm not in his, he's not in mine. So, you know, I'm going to start by eliminating. I'm not going to put anyone in there yet. But I'm gonna eliminate one person from 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 being in it. Yeah, so big big X to him. Uh, I don't, yeah, I mean I don't know. Like 
that that's a tough one because we gotta like try to establish like you know who would be who would be considered you know un, unavailable for uh drafting here so i'd say take take guys that played mls out oh so take guys who played mls out uh i definitely saw start with the striker uh i'm putting woge just because we played a lot of, a lot of time in there together that was um, what I said. I said Woj for my side too. Yeah, so so he's in there. Um, but I guess if I'm not on there, like you know, we always had a really good connection of like, you know, him playing the target and me running off. Um and then I would say in the midfield, well, yeah, I'd probably say I would say uh Jeff and Goal. Um Defenders, uh I would say Reed. Uh, I don't. Yonda's done well, but I don't know if I'd put him in there. Uh, I would put my midfield. I would definitely have Bushu in there. Uh, and I, I feel like I should have known that this is coming and, and prepared a little more. Uh, I always enjoyed uh, getting into arguments with Kyle Kanotek, um, but I'm, I'm sorry, Kyle. Uh, we have a height requirement on this team. Um, uh, hmm. See, one that hasn't been mentioned, I thought, at least for mine, is I'd probably put X in there in the midfield. I'll put I'll put I'll put Eric as my other defender, and. No Sure, why not? I'll put X in there. It's, so, it's it's tough though, and then tonight you'll think of like three, three, four guys that you should have. Yeah, thought yeah. Well, it, like I mean, I I've been playing there. I didn't. Pl I actually didn't end up coming back to play it all this year, but I've been going to play there, playing five aside for like seven, eight years almost. So it's been a lot of a lot of players coming in and out. So apology to anyone I left out who feels like they should be on there. I know. I was trying to think back to like the first years of who who was all there. I feel like there's so many guys that I've really yeah. But it's the my favorite thing about that is that like you can see the arc of yourself as a player when you go back and it's almost like checking in on yourself as a player. Because mm -hmm. you're like, all right, you know, for me it was one of the coolest things ever. I would go and play against MLS players and at that time as a college guy, I'm playing against like you're playing like Mike McGee and uh Baggio, uh, Brian Baggio, Baggio. And, yeah, and then you have other other guys who are coming in there, like Chris Schuler, and then Brian a bunch Ball, of fire, yeah, and and fire guys, yeah, yeah, and you know, and then I'm going to check in, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm this guy who's on one of the lower teams, you know, sometimes getting sent to the other fields. We would get like one or one win a month, and I would be like, this is the World Cup final, you know, like this is sick. I just and beat I would, MLS guys, mom. I would I would score I would score a goal in this five aside indoor, and I would walk around all big chested and everything for like the next day, until we got beat by the blue team the next day. Where now it's like you know you go there and it's like all right, all right instantly you know you're getting the blue penny and it's like all right you're like this is this is like the, the my roots you know that's that's what I feel like. Uh huh. Yeah. And then now you see those young guys coming back that are like working so hard to try to beat you and you're like yeah you they're like man. oh you see that 
And then I'm out there just having fun, scoring bangers. Yeah, I know. It's, it's interesting, the arc of, of seeing, checking in yourself, the skill level, but then also how, like, more relaxed and fun, I think, Bridges becomes as you get older. Than, like, oh, it's, I mean, it's so much fun. And like, I put it, like, and even it's, like, you know, it's humbling, too, because even if you're one of those players, if you're not working, like, the other someone else who's running faster than you is going to beat you, you know? Like, yeah. it's still, like, it's not, like, it's you have to work less you know you still have to go out there and put a shift in you know mm -hmm. absolutely all right um celebrity crush celebrity crush i mean scarlet solid, solid. i mean she but <laughs> it's a no-brainer there um you play a lot of golf what's your handicap uh, currently, it's uh, I just actually just because I saw that I sent you the question, so I checked. Um, currently, with the Kentucky uh, Golf, uh, what's it, the Kentucky, like the, my official Kentucky handicap is thirteen. So it's uh, it's been a little rough start to the year because I I didn't play too much towards the end of last year, but um, you know. Shot had three birdies last in my round yesterday, oh, so there you go. There you that's go. pretty solid. Getting getting locked in over there, one could say. Yeah, um, one one might say. And then, uh, who's the best player that you've played against? Uh, best player I've played against. Uh, I mean, just overall, like the best player I've played against would probably be. Well, Drogba, I mean, that, that's it. That's it. That's, Drogba. That's a pretty high level. Yeah. So, there you go. Uh, that's fair. The um, thing is, when we played against him, like, he obviously didn't have the legs he did in, you know, previous greatness. Right. But there was moments he had. We were like, he, there was one time, he, the ball came out of the air. He took this chest touch, held off, like, three of our players, turned, popped it up, side volley, and to a guy in the stride across the field and you're just like what like <laughs> that's different you're like, like you're fanboying while trying to play against him yeah i'm just like yo like you're like that's sick <laughs> that's sick i better get back and defend that yeah in that game we he had a there was a free kick like 10 minutes into the game at the bottom of the circle and you're like, it was one of those ones where you're like, you see Cristiano Ronaldo line up and you're like, all right, what the, like, is he really going to shoot this? He put this up in the air and it was just like this in the air, the whole like 50 yards to our goal. And our keeper barely got a touch to it and tapped it wide. And yeah. I was just like, and this is like unbelievable goalie who, who now plays in the MLS and, you know, has made some of the craziest saves I've seen. And, uh, and you know that's that that's how we had to deal with yeah. the shot from 50 yards out you know that's unreal that's unreal all right man uh i appreciate it uh i'll put your link to your instagram if people want to reach out ask you any more questions anything uh keep it locked hope you're doing well during, yeah. during quarantine hope you guys are back out playing soon but we'll see when that yeah, i appreciate it all right, man. Have a good day. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. Yeah, bye.